You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. Alataha, thanks for coming on today. Hi, Donald. I'm so happy to be here. I'm I'm grateful to that you're here too. I loved being on your podcast, Young and Profiting, and I knew the second we had a conversation that we needed a sequel. We needed to keep going. You have an amazing story and it's going to help coach a lot of people who are listening. You started a side hustle when you were on staff at Disney Streaming. And by the time you left your main job, you had 35 employees at your side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> that is not common. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I feel like if anybody, could, if I can do it, anybody could do it. So I'd love to talk about that further. Do you, th- do you really think that's true? Because a lot of people say that and then you get into it and you realize they're extremely charismatic. They're, they have a talent stack that's enormously high. You really think anybody can start a side hustle or do you have some you know, just be honest, you have some characteristics that are clearly you. One thing that I'm really good at is recruiting volunteers and motivating a team to work for free, which is how I built my business. It literally started as a team of interns and every team I've ever started, I've had multiple situations where I've done something like this. It all started with a volunteer group. And funny enough, with Young and Profiting, my goal was to do it on my own. But by episode eight, I had 10 volunteers in a Slack channel. <laughs> so, Well, that is, that's a unique skill set, the ability to recruit people to work for you for free. Yes. Uh, so, so let's say that somebody listening would love to have a little bit of a labor pool to get something going and, and obviously keep overhead low. Uh, what's the key to getting people to do work for free? Let's just tackle that first. Yeah. So I think I've always been really good at starting internship programs. So first of all, being able to market what you're looking for and come up with some sort of a promotion plan online to recruit interns where they apply, you kind of screen them, you say what you want. But the key once they're in the door is to believe in them, is to mentor them, is to train them. And to actually have skills yourself where you can train them so that they respect you and feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in a place where I'm learning so much and Hala really uh, takes me under her wing and I'm and she's so successful and I want to be like her and, and getting them towards that journey. And then also keeping it fresh because for me, it's like once somebody learns something and they do it as good as I would do it, they have to get paid or they need to move on to another project that they're learning again from scratch and in a learning environment. So they are getting they're getting real economic value in terms of education and you make sure they're really getting it. Exactly. So that's the key. It's like as soon as I feel like they're providing more value than I'm giving them in terms of the learning that they're getting and the skills that they're acquiring, that's when somebody has to start getting paid officially. All right. So all that's all that sounds like processes and showing up at a certain place at a certain time with a certain, I don't know, curriculum or experience that they can have. 
I mean, it doesn't sound like you're winging that. Did you put together a system that you that interns were going to have a a, a six day on ramping, and then they were going to have this, and then and then here were their job descriptions. A little bit of work involved, right? I think I think we've gotten more sophisticated over time. I think you know at first it was very like you know just, they just get to hang out with you. Yeah, and, you know we'll take random calls and figure this out together. Then you know I think it got a, a bit more streamlined where we start off the internship program with a boot camp. And it's like a week-long program where you kind of get immersed in everything. And we've got all these specific decks and homework assignments that we give everyone. And then some people don't make it after the boot camp. It's a way for us to kind of weed out people who we think just won't be a fit. All right. Now you got to you have to tell us about that because that's interesting. That sounds like a reality show. <laughs> who's getting weeded out? Who, what are the characteristics of somebody who's not making it that first week? If they're not showing up to the to the uh, meetings, if they're not even showing up, if they're not submitting their homework on time, if we feel that their work is going to be, it's going to be more work to train them than it is to get them up to speed. You know, we know that people are going to be less experienced and not as good, but we need to see that like little glimmer of potential in you. And then you have to be enthusiastic and fit the culture of the team. So you have to just get along with others and be polite and and be willing to learn. So the number one thing I look for is somebody who's willing to be coachable. If you don't fit on the initial like role that I put you on, I'm happy to move you somewhere else. And I've had great luck with basically like, for example, I have this girl, Kriti, who works for me from India. She started as a copywriter. And she went to school for copywriting. And so I hired her to do copywriting and she wasn't any good, but she was so enthusiastic and she just wanted to do anything for me. And so now literally a year later, she's running an operations team in India with like 20 people under her and she's wow. a director. You just, you would look at the person who was interning, you would see if they were really good at something. And then would you create a job for them if they were exactly. already good at it? Ah, you let the, you let the, the flow, if you will, dictate how this company was going to grow. Exactly. So it's like all these interns and volunteers who started off for me, many of them now are team leaders and have, you know, I have 63 people that work for me right now. And so all these volunteers now have elevated to be like VPs and directors, and they're very young still. Many of them have quit their own full-time jobs uh, to work on this company with me. Well, young and profitable, you, you know, you're not going to have some 75-year-old in there probably. You got, <laughs> no. It's okay to have some young folks in there. All right. Let me back up a little bit because um, now it sounds like we're talking about creating an internship program and we're coaching people on how to create an internship program. We can talk about this all day. How do you recruit? How do you get them to find out about the internship program? Is there an application process and how are you reviewing those applications? Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. So basically what I, what I've historically done is I've gotten on LinkedIn and I have a large following on LinkedIn that I've grown and I'll take a selfie video and I'll just say, Hey, you know, I'm starting an, an internship program. If you guys want to apply, there's a Google form. So they fill out a form. I have all the, you know, the job description in the form. I have them submit writing samples. I have them submit their past experiences. And then, like I said, we have them enroll in a boot camp That's a week long. If they show up, if they do their homework and they do a good job, they then, start on their internship. And um, the primary way of us communicating is through Slack. So Slack has like, I feel like I built my business off of the back of Slack. Yeah. <laughs> and so just communicating on there, having our, our little weekly check-ins and everybody kind of has a, a manager or onboarding buddy that kind of helps support them. But that's typically how we do it. Well, that, I mean, it sounds incredible. And then when they, when you find out they're doing a really good job at something, well, let me go back. How are you structuring their educational progress? Do you is it do you know even before the intern comes on 
that this week they're going to look at copywriting and figure out how copywriting works. And then the week after that, they're going to be looking at production and figuring out how production works. And the week after that, they're going to be looking at marketing and they're going to figure out marketing. How does it work? No. So basically we have different intern roles per department. So we have social media interns, we have research interns, we have, and that's, those are the two main internship programs that we run. So it's the social side and the podcast side for the social side. They're basically, um, you know, in the beginning, all we had was interns. So the interns were running everything. Now we have like managers and full-time people. And now the interns are kind of underneath everybody supporting, but it was very different in the beginning, but essentially we give them assignments. Like you are responsible for submitting copy for Instagram for this one client. And then it gets reviewed by somebody who's actually hired and experienced. They're doing the real work that somebody's paying for. They, these are not people who are just shadowing and it's not take your intern to work day. It's literally- no, no, no. <laughs> They're literally doing the work. Uh, we, we have lots of resources about what good looks like. You know, they take copywriting classes. They We do Canva classes. So they learn how to do graphic design or know what to look for uh, in terms of mistake from, mistakes from the creative team. We've got lots of best practice documentation. And so the goal is to hire the interns once they're done. So for example, I had a cohort of seven interns uh, last semester and I hired all seven interns to full-time roles. Um, so the goal is to actually hire them. And so that's their motivation. And a lot of these interns, you know, they come on for 12 hours a week. And I, you know, if I say like, you know, if you work 20 or 30 hours a week, I'll hire you quicker. And it's true, you know, because we get so many new clients and I need trained people. So it's basically my way of getting people ready so that when I do get a new client, I've got all these people already trained. Are you managing all of this yourself or do you have a team that's managing the internship program? And- yeah, I've paid people now. <laughs> I've Now the team is 63 members, uh, but anybody who is a team manager is somebody that I've personally trained. Uh, so I have Kate, who's like the VP of social. I have a podcast director. I have a business partner. So uh, we've got lots of great people who are helping me in all of this right now. Well, that sounds incredible. I, I, I got to know, is it legal in all 50 states? I'm really curious, uh, you know, is it legal? And then in their entry level job, what sort of pay rate are you giving them? Are they minimum wage or how does this scale? I, I think that's that's a really great question. So internship programs are totally legal. That is totally legal. They can't work over a certain amount of hours. I think it's 25 hours a week for uh, for free. I think it's different across all the states, but I give everybody a stipend. So they're technically not unpaid anymore, anymore. I mean, I'm, we're all curious. How much? I mean, is it lunch money? Is it going to pay their rent in a small apartment? Yeah, yeah. What is it? They're 350 bucks a month. It's nothing. Uh, so, so, yeah, so they're going to buy a few meals. Yeah, they're going to buy a few meals. And then my social media, my social media managers get paid anywhere from 34 to 45K a year. So they're, they're doing how many weeks is the internship program? It's three months. Two to three months. Three months, and then you got a shot at a thirty-five dollars to $45,000 job. Exactly. That's better than any college anywhere can probably get you. Exactly. And I love taking people who maybe didn't finish college or maybe didn't get the opportunity to go to college. Uh, I love giving people that option because we literally teach you everything. And then if you're good, you get a job because I need staff that's trained, right? And so we, we've historically hired almost every intern that's come through our program. All right, let's coach everybody listening because this is suddenly very exciting and sounds really, really great. You have to have the right kind of business. So if you if you have 20 people on staff and, and in two years from now, you, impl- you intend to have 22 people on staff, your internship program probably needs to be skinned a little bit differently than what you're talking about. You are basically 
bringing on potential talent and in 12 weeks, really seeing whether they have what it takes, creating a competitive environment, paying them very little, but the best of those, you have jobs that they can actually move into ready to go. Yep. And there's been situations where I've hired people after a month. Wow. You just said you're, you're too good. We're, we're pulling you right now. Yep. But then a big part of it is they're getting a real business education. I mean, they let's say they don't they don't work for you. What sort of things could they put on their resume realistically going somewhere else in their job experience? What sort of things experience do they have? Um, copywriting, which is huge and huge. so hard to teach people. Huge. And it's one of the best skills that you can take in any area of your life. So that would, I, I, I review resumes that would stand out to me. If somebody went and, and, and learned to write copy from an existing, especially a digital platform organization, I'm going to look at that. Yep. Client relations, account management, just learning how to deal with clients, attend meetings, put together decks, analytics, reporting, uh, learning how to do analytics and reporting for social media, social media management, understanding how, like why posts go viral and different strategies for LinkedIn and Instagram and YouTube and any channel that we manage. They could they could walk into any small business and on a part-time basis handle their social media. 100%. They could leave your organization after the internship program, go and find five small businesses, charge them $15,000 a yeah. year to run their social media and they could run all five and immediately they're an entrepreneur with their own successful organization making, I mean, you're talking about close to a hundred grand and they're, they don't even have a college education all because of your internship. Yeah. They learn the end to end process to manage a social media account. And then on the podcast side, they learn how to run a podcast. So they learn how to do research scripting. That's a $40,000 consulting gig for a year. You know, so, yeah, I mean, that is that's real value. And I think that for everybody listening, if we're going to coach people who are listening, it's if you want an internship program, you got to give a lot. You have to give them real value in that internship program. And then you cherry pick the best to stick with you for another year or two. How long do they stay? Time will tell, but a lot of people have been with us since the start, since I started the podcast three years ago. I've got a lot of the same volunteers and my business partner has been with me since episode number two. So they they stick around. I mean, I haven't had too many problems with people leaving. And, and I think part of it is the exciting culture and the fact that they see somebody like Kate, who's my VP of social, who started as an intern last summer and is now leading a team of 30 people. And she's young and she's bright and she's my mini me and she's, you know, rising up the ranks and getting paid a lot. And people see that and they realize that that could be them in a year. Uh, it's just such a quicker journey when you're working at a startup to move up. And I think a lot of the young people really see the light there and get excited and want to stick around. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn, because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. 
You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get a $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting and all of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that, I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify Magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything, anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea and then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, you don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie and you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Man, I mean, you know, as a guy who just had a baby, Emmeline, she is uh, seven weeks old now. So I think she's probably too young to come on (laughs) as an internship for you. This is the sort of thing, though, that as a dad, this is literally the sort of thing I'm looking for. Like, I want to pull some strings and have her in situations like this at 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I, I know she wouldn't come on staff with you, but hey, go do 12 weeks with Hala. And, you know, at 16 years old, your resume is already starting to look better than most of your friends will look when they graduate from college. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's completely true. And honestly, I've found such great talent that is young. And sometimes I just can't believe how smart some of these kids are. Mm. Tell me about that, because because now we've got people out there listening who are saying, "Ah, oh, come on, their kids. I got to deal with them. I got to babysit them. Talk us out of that. That's not true about these guys, are they? There is a ramp up period. What do you mean? Like two weeks of. Uh... 
Yeah. Like it's like you can't expect that everybody's going to come in first day and knock it out the park. You need to have some sort of structure in place. You need to have some sort of best practice. You can't expect them to invent I keep saying this, what good looks like. They need to know what that looks like and what the recipe is and how to do it and also be given the freedom to be creative and and, uh, knock it out of the park if they want to and go above and beyond the standard. But they need to know what the standard looks like. And without that, then your program is going to fail. How are you giving them feedback? Is there is there do they get a, a, a performance review every week or is that pretty regimented? Yeah, we do. We do performance reviews. We do a midpoint review, which gives us an opportunity to let go of interns who are causing more work than value. So if you're in this internship program, you've been there for uh, 1.5 months or our midpoint time period, and we feel that you're still not getting it and not providing any value, then we let you go at that point so that you can go find something that works for you. Or a lot of the times I transfer them from like social media to production, see if they thrive there, give them one more chance. If not, then they're gone, you know? So I do like to give people multiple chances because sometimes I feel like it's just the wrong role. Like maybe they, they're just not good at copywriting. They're never going to get it. And so I move them onto something else and try to give them another shot, especially because it's free. So it's like, what's the harm for me to give them another shot, you know? So that's what I typically do. And then the other thing that we do is that they're always getting their work reviewed. So whether it's by me, whether it's by their manager, you know, they're submitting work, but it's never the final draft. They're always like first draft. And then somebody experienced is, is reviewing their work so that they can get the feedback. Got it. And, but the feedback loop is super important. It is because then they're, they're never going to improve if they don't get that feedback loop. And I also incorporate them as if they're part of the team. So like our clients don't know their interns, they're on client calls. Um, to the client, their employees, the client doesn't know who's an intern, who's an employee, and everybody's treated equally. How do you create community? Is community a big part of it? They get to hang out with each other. They get to see each other. And also, is this all virtual or are are you getting them together in person at all? So most of my team is virtual. I have people from everywhere. I have my creative team is in the Philippines. My operations team is in India. And then everybody else is in the UK, US, California, Atlanta, Chicago, Florida, you name it, we're everywhere. There's probably only 10 out of the 63 people who are in the tri-state with me. So I meet up with those people. Um, But if if not, it's all virtual. So we do lots of team all hands virtual where everybody has to put their camera on. Uh, We have lots of client meetings. We have lots of sub team meetings. So lots of Google Hangout meetings going on. And then Slack, like I said, Slack really was the secret key for me. I feel like I was one of the, I mean, I started Slack three years ago before everybody had Slack. And it was definitely, I think, one of the main reasons why I'm successful because it it enabled me to mobilize this team of volunteers that turned into a a big company uh, later on. So. Holla, this sounds awesome. I mean, this was this has been an unbelievably beneficial coaching session to everybody listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. I, you know, you you literally are making me want to turn around and get on the phone with our president and say, let's start talking about an internship program. Because I get really excited about changing lives, one, and I get really excited about helping entrepreneurs figure out how to save years and years and years of frustration. And what better way than when they're young and they're eager and they're looking for an opportunity? I mean, this just sounds really good for a lot of us. Walk me through, though. Let's say that I've got, I don't know, an insurance business. I'm an insurance broker. Uh, I'm probably not going to scale. How could I have three interns every six months and change their lives and not offer them a job? Am I excluded from what you're talking about? Or is there something there for me in terms of the internship? 
Well, I feel like every business has a possibility to scale. So I feel like if you feel like your business can't scale, then maybe you're thinking about it the wrong way, or maybe you're not innovating. Um, the goal for my internship program is that I was able to train people to take things over so that I can create new revenue streams for my business. Yeah. So now I don't have to work on all that stuff that I knew how to do. I could literally do every job on my team. And I wow, think that's yeah. what makes me a good leader, you know? So I trained people to do that as good as I would do it so that I can work on other things. And so I think as a business leader, if you're saying that your business can't scale, maybe you're thinking about it in the wrong way. But I don't think you need to give people a job at the end of it for it to be a rewarding experience for everyone. I don't either. Like I said earlier, if, if you it sounds like if I if I have a kid who went through your internship program, they're leaving a much more valuable professional than they came in. They're leaving yeah. with I would think what be what would be, you know, the equivalent maybe of a bachelor's degree in business in terms of practical experience. In fact, it's even better if you had a bachelor's degree and then you did that internship. I have a lot of people who are who are who graduated college and couldn't get a job and then came work for me and then got a job. There you go. That's real value. The one thing I'll say is that if you don't offer them a job at the end, the motivation might not be there. So because people know that they've seen all these other people get hired from intern and then rise up the ranks, they're really motivated to stand out and to get that job. Well, if you need it, if you need a talent pool down there at the $45,000 a year level and you need to hire people consistently because your business is scaling, this really sounds perfect. But I go back to even if it's just an insurance agent who has three interns, creates a little bit of community, teaches people the insurance business, teaches them copywriting, teaches them all sorts of stuff. You got to have a set curriculum. If you have people in there and they're licking envelopes and they're going to pick up your dry cleaning, that's different. Yeah, exactly. That's not a business education. You got to actually put the time into it and give them something of value. I agree. I think that if you have a set curriculum, if you let them know from the start that it is just a three-month internship program and it will rotate, part of their responsibility is transferring their knowledge to the new intern cohort. I think that will close the loop. So they stay for six months, but in three months, you're rotating constantly. You know, maybe you have six interns, three are going exactly. in. Exactly. And then out. you're making them train each other and they know that it's part of the process for them to move on. You tell them that you're going to help them find their job, be their recommendation, help them with their resume, do something to kind of let them go in a way that they feel like it was a full circle situation and they got something out of it. As long as you're upfront about what you're trying to do, people will do it and stay motivated as long as you're teaching them the whole time. Paula, thanks for talking to us about an internship program. I think it's huge. I promised at the beginning of our conversation to talk more about what you do, what your interns do, and what your paid professionals do, your big team of 60-something. And that is you help people handle their social media and even scale their social media. You also help them create and distribute podcasts with the intent of social media posts going viral and podcasts actually being listened to by a bunch of people. There are a lot of people listening who need that service Will you come back on and let's talk about best practices in social media and podcasts? Oh my gosh, I would love to. That is like my biggest passion is growing social media and podcasts. So I have so much knowledge about that. I that You won't get me to shut up. So I'm super excited for that conversation. All right. Everybody listening has a promise that within six weeks, uh, Holly is coming back on to talk about her podcast uh, expertise and her social media expertise. We've all got to tackle this. And, uh, and I can't wait for that conversation. Always wonderful to talk to you. Likewise. Thanks so much, Donald. 